and welcome to the Movie Mouth Film and TV Podcast. It's summertime in Podland, and do we have a bumper edition of the show this week? So slide your sunglasses on, grab a cocktail, and don't forget your sunscreen as we take you through this week's new releases alongside a summer classic in our Video Store Corner section. On this week's episode, Phil and I will be diving into the deep end and sipping on Netflix's latest action rump, Gunpowder Milkshake. And after knocking that back, we'll be sitting courtside for some basketball um, in July. Uh, well, yes, with LeBron, Bugs, Tweety, Sylvester and Co. in HBO Max and Warner Brothers Space Jam A New Legacy. Following this, we're going to go to the next level. We'll be looking to cool off by joining Scarlett Johansson and Florence Pugh on a double date in a Siberian gulag as we finally sit down to watch Marvel's Black Widow. Following that plethora of summertime blockbusters, we'll be taking the ferry out all the way far, far from the city and heading to Hampton Island as we spend a boozy and wild weekend with our deceased boss in the 1989 comedy hit Weekend at Bernie's. Woo! In our video store corner section. Boiny, boiny, boiny. <laughs> As ever, we'll be bringing you the latest film news, reviews, and trailer discussions alongside some irreverent discussions on the very best of film and TV that you can watch right now. Summer romances begin for all kinds of reasons, this man said. But when all is said and done, they have one thing in common. They're shooting stars, a spectacular moment of light in the heavens, fleeting glimpses of eternity, and in a flash, they're gone. So it's not going to be easy. It's going to be really hard, and we're going to have to work at this every day, but I want to do that because I want you. I want all of you forever. You and me, every day. If you're a bird, I'm a bird, Miles. And of course, it's Phil. <laughs> Hi, Phil. Hello there. Summer loving, happy and blessed. How's it going? Oh, dear. Uh, I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm all right. Thanks for yeah. asking me while I was taking you, a swig of my drink. You look it. I feel you great. Look bit, you look all right. Do I? Mm, yeah. I took a little trip, didn't I? You did. I've seen you. I saw you in person. You saw me in person again. It's one of those special occasions. What's weird is, is when Phil and I see each other in person, is we still just talk about movies as if we're on the podcast. This is just what we're like as friends. Yeah. So it's like no different. It's just that. I think everything else, everyone else that we're with at that point just hates us. Just, no, they right, you do a podcast trying to give their opinion, though, don't they? They're like, oh, I, I like that film too. And you're like, yeah, okay, shut up. We're on yeah, the do podcast. You, do you, though, do you do a podcast about it? No, you don't. So, you, you know, just leave it. <laughs> could I um, could I get on your, your podcast? No, because you don't work in the film industry, okay? So, <laughs> shut your mouth. No, honestly, listeners, we're not that much of an asshole to everyone. <laughs> well, Phil isn't. Phil isn't. Uh, no, I'm but I, it might I definitely, definitely have. When I haven't seen yeah. my friends in that long, I have to be a little bit of an arsehole. <laughs> but no, I'm great, man. I'm great. It was amazing to see you. I went to the Euro final. I don't really want to talk about that. Um, no. But I had a great time back in the UK. And I am now in sunny Barbados, hanging, yes, chilling, surfing, little surfing this morning. And Just. had a good old, jolly good old time. Living your best life, aren't you? I'm living my best life. 
Leave the rest alone, brother. I'm living my <laughs> best life. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm trying. I'm trying. But I shall be back in New York soon. Back in the USSA. Hey. so phil what have you been watching this week well i've been a busy boy miles so i actually Mm. apart from podcastings i haven't really watched uh much i had i did watch um this will probably be mostly for the 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 uk audience of the show but on sky tv there's a new a new series of Rob and Romesh, which features the comedians Romesh Ranganathan and Rob Beckett, if you're familiar with them. And it's the third series in which they sort of each episode try a different thing. Uh, and this one in particular was um, focused um. on <laughs> on the Olympics because the Olympics is coming up. So they yeah. tried different Olympic sports with hilarious different results mm. so you know the tennis funnily enough they had the first episode it really made me think of you actually because the first sport they tried was kayaking at the uh Ooh. london olympic water lee valley place that we that lee valley where we went and we did kayaking and we both nearly drowned together we actually did, we did white we did we did white water <laughs> rafting didn't we it was my 30th birthday i think or was it was one of, one of those was, yeah i think it was your 30th yeah i remember I remember us both bobbing, getting knocked out of the boat on the rapids and yeah. going on into the water, very deep yeah. and cold water because it's the UK. Yeah. And I, I hit my head both, on the bottom. Yeah, both rising up through the bubbles and all the, the yeah. maelstrom and both hitting our heads on the bottom of the boat. Yeah, I felt I like I remember you pulling me into the boat at one point. Yeah, another I rescued time you, didn't you I? Saved, yeah, another you time you saved my life. You, like, I'm starting to keep count of these things. <laughs> you remember that. When, when I, I would have liked to have seen you try I'm, and pull me out of the water. One hundred percent, I wouldn't have done it. Um, <laughs> when you I say, would not have managed. When I save your life, you're never going to hear the end of it. Remember that time I saved your life when we were on that white water rafting <laughs> rubber dinghy. Phil, do you remember that time when you played a concert live on stage and some guy tried to stab you? So you, I just grabbed him and threw him out of the pub. No, I would never leave. No, that was forget, me, Mark. Forget it. Yeah, that was you. So, uh, all in all, uh, rather not a lot of things that you watched this week. No, sorry about you that. You have been busy, though. You have. Been I've been busy. busy. I'm, uh, my house is having a lot of work done on it, and I've had to be prepping loads of stuff for that. And, oh, lots of things have been happening. Hmm. So that's my okay. excuse. What have you well, been watching, Mr. Quite Travel Man? Quite a bit. Well. Quite a bit. Um, I finished Loki. Glorious Three. purpose. Um. Probably my favorite Marvel show. Brilliant ending, very talky ending, very kind of um, sort of exposition heavy ending. Um, mm. But it went really well. It was great. Uh, big shout out to Owen Wilson for his performance in this show. The amazing thing about Loki as a show is, is the final episode has basically set up the next whatever phases of Marvel movies. So, right. oh, it's amazing. It's going to be incredible. Uh, so whatever happens after that, obviously I can't discuss it because people haven't seen it yet, but it's so good. Um, anime followers of our Instagram will know <laughs> that I finally got around to watching the Japanese anime movie, your name, which, uh, had rave reviews back in 2017 when it was released in, in Japan. This is right. about a boy living in Tokyo and a girl living in rural Japan who inexplicably swap bodies every few days amidst the visit of a comet which is passing close to Earth. And this is, I have to say, 
you know, I've, I've seen a lot of, you know, uh, the Ghibli movies and Steamboy and Akira and all these awesome, awesome movies. This is one of the best anime movies that I've ever seen. It was, it's super emotional, so I love it. I love a little bit of emotion. Uh, and I, I, it has a really amazing plot twist that you won't see coming, even though I've just said that. Um, but really, really enjoyed it. Um, not ashamed to admit that, as I said, I uh, found this really emotional and I did have a few tears. <laughs> a little blubber, I'm going to cry. A little blubber. I did have a little a little wail here in my hotel room in Barbados. <laughs> um, but really, really good. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, you can watch Your Name on Netflix in the UK or on video demand services around the world. But I really do recommend that. Um, Also, final thing, I was on a plane, as you know, and due to this podcast, I'd seen almost everything that they had available. Everything on the list. (laughs) And I thought, oh, watch a nice film. I've seen everything. Um, But I finally got a chance to watch Motherless Brooklyn, which was the book adaptation um, written and directed by and starring Edward Norton set in 1950s oh. New York. If you, you remember, it kind of look, looks like a kind of gangster film. Yeah. He's a kind of gumshoe private eye investigating the death of his boss. Really enjoyed this, uh, Motherless Brooklyn. It was a little bit long, but it has a really great cast with Bruce Willis, uh, Loki star, Gugu Mbatu Raw, uh, Willem Dafoe and Alec Baldwin. Um, wow, it, that's a good cast. It is. It's a, a really good film. And music from Tom York from Radiohead as well in there. So really, really cool movie. Check that bad boy out if you haven't seen it. I highly recommend cool. it. And it was great after, you know, 17 whiskeys and a, and a meal, slap-up <laughs> meal on the plane. And some peanuts. Yeah. Can uh, I get some peanuts, please? To watch Motherless I'm very Brooklyn. dry. I could do with some peanuts. Yeah. I'm very dehydrated on this aeroplane. Could I get some peanuts and alcohol, please? <laughs> <laughs> I say, I don't appear to be sweating anymore because all the fluids <laughs> have left my body. <laughs> Phil, you got some news yeah. for us? Yeah, I've got one piece of news and I'm going to love it and you're going to hate it. Oh, no. It is the news that Chris Pratt is in talks to return for a Tomorrow War sequel. Dan is back. Apparently. The return of Dan. The Tomorrow War, colon, the return of Dan. So, you know, although it's fair to say it didn't get rave reviews, apart from me. Apart from you. It's... It's meant to have been quite a big success from from for Amazon, mm. um, you know, because it was a big release from them. Um, so yeah, apparently they're in talks of like you know early talks to mm-hmm. uh, with Chris Pratt and director Chris McKay like returning to to star in a second because you know they left it sort of you know I'm not spoiling anything, but it's open for other things, isn't it? There it is. at the end from the end of that film, so. Yeah, who knows what the story could be, but I, I'm not against it. Why not? I enjoyed the first one. <laughs> um, but yeah, who knows who'll come back, see if J.K. Simmons could come back. I don't know. Who knows? So yeah, I'm excited about that. Um, well, I'm glad you are. So um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm with your news. Do I have news? Nope. I don't know. No, no news for you. No, Phil. It's nope. Oh. The new movie from Jordan Peele, director of oh. <laughs> Us and Get Out. Oh, I see. Yeah, this one was just announced a couple of days ago with a really intriguing poster that he tweeted. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously Jordan Peele, the absolute legend behind Get Out and Us, which were both both amazing films. Um, 
this really, there's no real information about this other than on the poster, you we see a kind of small town which has an ominous cloud lurking above it. And the cloud appears to have some kind of bunting or kite tail, kind of kite's tail hanging out of it, if that makes sense. You know, that kind of yeah, yeah, bunting I mean, style yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, that's literally all we know about it, other than it's also starring Get Out Alum um, and Oscar winner Daniel Kaluuya, um, who we love. Um, uh, Kiki Palmer and Walking Dead star Stephen Yoon. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing else is known about this, but it's bound to be an intriguing slice of horror suspense um, mm-hmm. and will follow, no doubt, in the footsteps of his massively successful other films. And it will be released one year from this week, globally, on July 22nd of 2022. Ooh. 2022. <laughs> Dwayne Johnson News Is that the News Klaxon? I don't know. It sounds like it should be. Uh, the yeah. artist formerly known as Rock has just announced he won't be returning to the Fast 10 or Fast 11 movies and probably not even the franchise. It all comes, it seems, off the back of this candy-ass saga that erupted back um, behind the scenes of Fast and Furious 8, where there was a bit of an issue, shall we say, between uh, Johnson, who tweeted something on social media um, condemning the behavior of Vin Diesel on set. Apparently the two do not like each other. So two years or so ago, apparently they both were kind of reaching out and trying to make peace and blah, blah, blah. Diesel then gave an interview claiming the tough love he gave on the fast set was all about getting better performances out of people. Um, obviously, Johnson disagreed. Um, but that appears to have been blown out. And in an in a interview with The Hollywood Reporter this week, Dwayne Johnson responded saying that he laughed and laughed hard when he read uh, Vin Diesel's interview and that he thinks anyone had a laugh, everyone had a laugh at that, and he'll leave it at that. And that I've wished them well. I wish them all well on Fast 9, and I wish the best of luck on Fast 10 and Fast 11 and the rest of the Fast and Furious movies they do that will all be without me. So it's a real shame because I think his Hobbs character from Fast 5 onwards was brilliant. One of the best additions to the cast, I think. Mm. Uh, One of the best things they've done with that franchise. Um, but it is likely that it could be another Hobson Shaw spin-off movie with uh, him and his burly, baldy buddy, Jason Statham. Um, but that's yet to be... Burly, baldy buddy. But that's yet to be... Burly, baldy buddy. Hello, Jason. Burly, baldy buddy. Dwayne and Jason. Burly, baldy buddies. Burly, baldy buddies. That's what it should be called. Hobson Shaw. Burly, baldy buddies. So... Yet to be announced, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with it. And I don't know. Maybe they can just, you know, him and Vin Diesel can just rub their bald heads together one day and make peace. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then Jason Statham can come along and they can run around All in the circle. See. Just <laughs> singing, Burly, Burly, Party Gang. <laughs> I'd watch that film. Speaking of films that you'd like to watch, what trailers have you seen this week, Philip? Oh well, I've seen a couple of um, couple of couple of crackers. Well, one more than the other. But... <laughs> seen a couple of crackers. Well, one. Well, actually, half of one. Well, actually, I've eaten all the crackers. <laughs> so the first one is um, the last jewel, which I don't know if you've mm. seen this, but this is um, this is Ridley Scott back on full feature directing duties for the first time since 2017's. All the money in the world and Alien Covenant. Yep. Um, 
So, yeah, this is starring uh, Jodie Cromer, Matt Damon, Adam Driver, and Ben Affleck. Um, and it's adapted from the book The Last Jewel, A Story of Trial by Combat in Medieval France by Eric Jaeger. We've all been um, there. I've all, we've all had epic <laughs> all combat been. in medieval France, haven't we? <laughs> Who hasn't? Uh, and it tells, the, it tells the real-life story of a 14th-century duel between a French knight and his squire after the former accuses the latter of raping his wife. So nasty subject matter, but based on a true story. Um, screenplays by Matt Damon and Ben Affleck and Helen Holofcener. Um, uh, it looks like it could be really good. It's, mm. you know me, I love a medieval film, don't I? Oh, you do. Uh, you love anything looks, medieval. Me, I love it. Bow and arrows. Yep. Yeah, all of it. Swords and sorcery. <laughs> Everything. Um, and it looks, it does look pretty epic. It looks, it looks very Ridley-esque, quite epic. Um, plus, you do, you do get to see Matt Damon sporting one hell of a mullet. It's <laughs> one hell of a big old blonde mullet that he's got. Such a good mullet. He looks like Joe got. Dirt, doesn't he? Yeah, he really does. With a scar- yeah, I regret like a duel to the death. Hot dog. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. That's um, yeah. that's out on October fifteenth. So that's yeah. exciting. What I liked about and that, then, I liked I liked uh, Ben Affleck in that. His, his English accent does sound bad, doesn't it? Yeah. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck is. Uh, I don't know. It's just this this thing where he's like, if if you lose, your wife will suffer dire consequences. <laughs> and he's got a proper dyed blonde bowl cut, hasn't he? Like one of those <laughs> horrible medieval bowl cuts. Yeah. Someone get the yeah. basin for Ben, will you? <laughs> Big baldy buddy. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. It looks good. Yeah. It's Ridley Scott, so, you know. Mm. <laughs> we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. Do you remember that and one? And then the second one. The one about um, uh, the Exodus. Do you remember Exodus with Christian Bale and Joel Edgerton? I didn't see that. The one in ancient Egypt. Yeah, exactly. Oh my okay. God. Yeah. That was him as well, wasn't it? Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Let's gloss over that one. Um, next one. No Man of God. Uh, so after 2019's Zac Efron starring Bundy based, catchy named film, extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile, <laughs> we now have Luke Kirby playing the death row serial killer Ted Bundy who develops a strange and complicated relationship with FBI agent Bill Hagmire, played by Elijah Wood, um, while de- uh, detailing his heinous crimes in interviews. So it looks like it could be good, It's, but it also looks like, you know, it, it, it's nothing I haven't seen before. It's, it's those sort of like, you know, it's either FBI agent or someone from the press interviewing a serial killer sort of drama type thing and getting sucked in by the serial killer and all that. But it does look good. Um, and that's that's coming out on August 27th. Uh, but I think the best thing about it was one of the one of the comments, which was just like a complete nerd reference, because obviously there's a lot of... Unfortunately, poor Elijah Wood just can't get away from being Frodo, can he, mm. in anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the comments was... Um, it's like, it just said, Ted Buddy, I won't tell you anything. It just says, Elijah, 
all right, then keep your secrets. <laughs> oh <my laughs> it's complete nerdery. Nerd, nerd uh, alert. It really made, nerd it alert. Really made me laugh. It I made think. Me well, laugh. I think what they should what they should really do is they should get Dwayne Johnson and Vin Diesel both playing Ted Bundy <laughs> and call it Big Baldy Bundies. Big Baldy Bundy Buddies. Big Baldy Bundy Buddies. <laughs> and then just have them head, headbutt each other for four hours. Uh, the director's cut as well is five hours. Yes. And yes. By the end, they, they just look at the camera and they go, and that's Bundy. <laughs> and, right that's Bundy. <laughs> and then the credits roll. <laughs> I'd watch that. I'd definitely watch that. Sign me up. Sign me yeah. up. Yeah. Well, that's, that's my trailers. That sounds cool. I, I enjoyed that Efron movie. I did enjoy the Efron movie. I didn't movie. see it. I, it I didn't see it, but I heard good. it was all right. Yeah, yeah, he was good in that. It was creepy. Um, mm. But no, that was, that, that was cool. I didn't see that one, actually. I need to check that trailer out. I watched... Um, my goodness me, it was a heck of a week, wasn't it, for trailers? The new Dune trailer, the second trailer, which actually shows a lot of action, finally, mm. um, was amazing. Really, really good. Obviously, this is uh, Denis Villeneuve's Dune Part 1, which is the first part of the first book written by Frank Herbert. Um, this is starring, it's got such a good cast. You've got uh, Timothy Chalamet, Zendaya, Oscar Isaac, Josh Brolin, Rebecca Ferguson, Javier Bardem, Stellan Skarsgård, Dave Bautista, and Jason Momoa. Um, like. this to me, like you're more of a fantasy guy. I'm more of a sci-fi guy. I would say, I know Probably, you like Star Wars, yeah. but I'm more of a Trek guy. I'm more of like a, that, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I, I think this looks awesome. I'm so mm. excited about this film. Um, sci-fi event of the year. DOP, Greg Frazier, obviously coming on, gone to this. He's done some great stuff. I think, um, killing him softly was one of the the best uh, uh, cinematography I've seen in a, in a film in a long time. I loved it when that film came out. Obviously, Zero Dark Thirty and so on. Soundtrack, mm. Hans Zimmer. Zimmer. You Got know, Zimmer, isn't it? The way it's, then obviously it's going to be good. Yeah, well, mm, we'll see. But, you know, I mean, like, the, the only thing I'm afraid of about this movie is it's part one of the book. And I already want part two. Um, so mm. <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. The big problem with that is when it's released in October is that it's going to also be on HBO Max. So obviously we need the viewership figures in theatres. So just from me to our listeners, to any of you out there, make sure you go see this in the, in the cinema, in the, in the movie theatre and watch it because I want to see part two. Um, and speaking of Denis Villeneuve, another trailer dropped this week. And this um, is actually around the Blade Runner 2049 universe that he, he extended beyond, funnily enough, Ridley Scott. It's mm. all coming together. Um, so for fans of that movie, like me, Blade Runner 2049, a film which massively under, underperformed at the box office, again, another Warner's movie, who then cancelled any follow-ups and so on. Um, a glimmer of hope upon the mm. distance. Look to the east when the sun rises. And this, <laughs> this, this basically... Um, is a uh, is a movie that was more kind. Of, is it, it, it's actually a series, so it's a it's an anime yeah. sci-fi series, which is also CGI. So kind of like it looks a bit like Clone Wars. If you ever saw the Star Wars Clone yeah. Wars shows um, called Black Lotus, the story focuses on L, who's voiced by Jessica Henwick, a female replicant created for mysterious purposes, set in 2032 Los Angeles. Um, and the show follows Elle as she discovers new details about herself, which include being an expert at fighting with a katana and uncovering conspiracies. This also has uh, Will Yun Lee and Brian Cox, who I discovered when I have a cold and I try and do a Sean Connery impression, I actually sound 
like Brian Cox, not like Sean Connery. Anyway, aside there. Also in the, <laughs> who are also in the cast, Black Lotus is directed by Shinji Aramaki and Kenji Kamiyama. Uh, and it will premiere this autumn in the States on Adult Swim and Crunchyroll, um, which I have no idea what that is. It's getting crazy with all these streaming platforms now. But Sounds like a bloody like eating product. Oh, would you like a Crunchyroll, son? I love a Crunchyroll. Have a Crunchyroll, boy. Um, there's no word yet on the UK release date, but I would imagine it will be out sometime in September, October. Um, okay. It's pretty cool, though. Looks cool, yeah, cool. I'll check that out. Right place for me. Check it out. Check it out. I will. <laughs> you better do. All right. I will. Let's jump into the movie reviews. Phil, get okay. us started off. Righto. I shall do that for you. Would you like to do that? So I sat down to watch uh, the new Netflix in the US and uh, action flick from director Navo Papuchado. Uh, let me give you, this is gunpowder milkshake. Sorry, I didn't mention that, did I? Um, gunpowder milkshake, let, oh, gunpowder milkshake, me, oh. <laughs> let me give you some background on the plot. So Sam, played by Karen Gillan, was only 12 years old when her mother Scarlett, played by Nina Headey, uh, an elite assassin, was forced to abandon her. Oh. Uh, Sam was raised by The Firm, the ruthless crime syndicate her mother worked for. Now, 15 years later, Sam has followed in her mother's footsteps and grown into a fierce hit woman. Um, she uses her talents to clean up uh, the firm's most dangerous messes. She's an efficient uh, and loyal assassin. But when a high-risk job goes wrong, Sam must choose between serving the firm and protecting the life of an innocent eight-year-old girl. Sounds like it could be fun, right? Wrong. Yeah. Oh, absolutely wrong. <laughs> You pulled that right, you, right from under me, didn't you? You, uh, you passed me that gunpowder milkshake and then you just poured it over my head. I, I swept it away. Uh, I did not enjoy this film. Mm. In fact, it's easily one of the worst films I've seen in the last couple of years. Uh, and that must be shocking for you because you know that I am normally a right sucker for a crappy action film. No, I was going to say, I might give it a go. Well, I want you to in a way because I want you to see if you think... It's what it is. But anyway, firstly, it feels like a comic book film, but it's not based on a comic book. I did check. It just feels like it wants to be. You know, they're just putting characters into costumes that feel like they want you to then turn it into a cosplay, you know, like it's mm -hmm. like you I want people to dress up at a convention as that character. Um, visually, I liked a lot of it. It looks stylish and really vibrant. It's got a, a sort of like neon soaked futuristic feel, but then it's got like fifties cars and then modern cars. And there's this odd feeling to the whole thing where it's set in like a huge city. It doesn't say where I don't think, but the roads, all the roads you see are like empty and every scene seems to be like desolate and there's no other, there's no other humans in it. It just seems like it's just the actors but there's like no background artists, if you know what I mean. It's just really weird. Like they pull up, you know, a, a, a place and there's no one there. There's no traffic. There's no other people in the place. Just the people that need to be in the scene. So it's obviously intentional, but it's just a bit weird. Mm. Um, and it, it just doesn't gel for me. But but it does, some of the scenes are visually good and they do look like it's really, as I said, like vibrant colours and looks good. 
Um, but the main problems for me, though, lie in the terrible dialogue. Um, it's just horrifically non-interesting and contrived. Wow. Um, the fight scenes look pretty bad, I think, albeit from apart from a very sort of cool action sequence towards the end, which I really like. Hmm. Um, they're cut together and filmed really well, but they just don't make me believe that Sam, um, Karen Gillan, can actually fight. It's just a bit... You know, when you're watching like John Wick, at least you think, yeah, I bet Keanu Reeves could actually kick my ass and look stylish doing it. But, and there's there's also like loads of unnecessary wire work on the stunt performers as well. Like, you know, they, she throws a kick or a punch and they get pulled in like a really unnatural angle, like to the way that the kick was thrown. You know, it was just a bit... Sounds a bit amateur. <sighs> yeah. I mean, there's mm. some good stunts in it and stuff. There's some cool like CGI gore. Um, and it, yeah, it's, it's pretty violent, um, mm. but it's just, yeah, I think it just, there's also a really unnecessary use of slow motion, uh, where it just isn't needed as well. Like scenes mm. where characters are walking around the corner and it's just done in slow motion. It's like, why? It's, it's like watching a better looking episode of the A-Team. It's really weird. The whole thing. Yeah. It's just a bit devoid of life. And mm. it's, it's also too too i would say too long it felt like it dragged on a bit because it is how long is it it's like two nearly two hours an hour and 54 but it probably could have done with being about half an hour or 20 minutes shorter um and then it's shocking because the cast it's you know the cast wise it's full of promise you've got the mm. mcu's karen gillen you've got game of thrones uh lena heady you've got paul giamatti as well as action legend Michelle Yeoh. So, but oh, wow. they're just being fed a, a dog shit dialogue that's as dry as a Bonio biscuit. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just really bad. Don't get me wrong. It, it's, it's pretty satisfying to see like a, you know, predominantly female cast, uh, kicking ass. And, um, but it's, it's just all a bit boring if I'm honest. It's so rarely for me, it's not a recommendation on this one. Wowzers. <laughs> but if, however, you do want uh, to give it a go and you don't give a crap what I say, which is fully understandable, mm -hmm. you can catch Gunpowder Milkshake right now if you're in the US on Netflix. But UK viewers need to wait until the 17th of September where it's getting a cinema and Sky Cinema on demand simultaneous release. So, yeah, it's a rare... Uh, non-recommendation from me that is a rare one goodness me almost yeah. like I said I always want to watch it now yeah just for I the sake of seeing it just for yeah just kind of yeah. see how bad this wire work is yeah please <laughs> do I want you to I want you to watch it okay I'm gonna right good well good so that's gunpowder milkshake which yeah doesn't get a recommendation from us no no sorry <laughs> <laughs> gunpowder shit shake can you can you can you bring us back up? Oh dear! Um, uh, <laughs> I will actually. I will kind of. Okay. Sort of. In a different way. I'm going to go. We're going to up in a different way. Yes, it's that time again where we review yet another Marvel release. This time, it's the long overdue return of Scarlett Johansson's Avenger, Natasha Romanoff, in Black Widow, where she confronts the darker parts of her ledger when a dangerous conspiracy with ties to her past arise. 
Pursued by a force that will stop at nothing to bring her down, Natasha must deal with her history as a spy and the broken relationship left in her wake before she became an Avenger. This is set in a time before Endgame, and for those who haven't seen it, (coughs) Phil, (coughs) uh, I won't spoil it, but there is obvious reasons for that. A film which I was not only looking forward to, but totally baffled that Marvel had yet to make this film, instead opting for the lesser-known character rollouts of Captain Marvel and Doctor Strange and Ant-Man and so on, which I found really weird, because I think she was a great character, um, and kicked ass, as you said. Yeah. This film is directed by Kate Shortland, who to date has delivered some incredibly urgent and well-played-out indie movies starring strong female leads. Likewise, it's also written by a plethora of individuals, but it, but mainly by Jack Schaefer, who those of you who are interested um, will know did such a great job on the writing and show running for one, the One Division TV series on, on Disney+, Plus, which was a really complex, interesting show. This movie has been critically acclaimed almost across the board. However, audiences seem a little bit negative towards it. So what could go wrong? Well, as it turns out, Quite a lot. Um, Again, I have to restate how much I wanted this movie ever since Johansson made her debut back in Iron Man 2. And Phil, as you were saying earlier about women kicking ass, that's what I wanted. I wanted to see that. And you do see that in this movie. Mm. Um, However, the problem here lies in this almost formulaic uh, script or plot that that these kind of type B Marvel movies are becoming. Um, we get the usual mistake of building its films, of, of Marvel building their films around a very weak plot, which in moments of dragging just decides to throw everything possible at the screen. Even so far as introducing a villain who can replicate all of the moves and skills of the Avengers. But honestly, it just felt like kind of being there, done that. Like I've seen all these moves, I've seen, and they didn't really play up to that. Mm. In a character that can throw, use a shield, you get a character that can use a bow and arrow and whatever else. Well, like she, well, the character can replicate the moves of all of the Avengers. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. So surely, like undefeatable. <laughs> exactly, but totally weak and and yeah. really not not that detailed, not played out. Should have been a massive threat and was kind of mm. just a very weak villain. Um, it also made the mistake of so many other Marvel movies, which worked really well in in Phase One and Phase Two. But now here at the start of Phase Four, we're so done with the floating base or thing being attacked in the in the sky and our heroes fighting the villain high up in the clouds we've seen this so many times at the end of every almost every phase one and phase two movie even going so far in avengers age of ultron where they levitate a giant city and they have a fight it's honestly it's boggles my mind why every marvel movie seems to end in this fashion um time's run out on this plot dynamic kevin feige it's been done time to move on let's do something new so also for a film starring such charismatic performers so including the amazing you know hopper from stranger things uh mm. david harbour is in yep. this florence Pugh, who's brilliant and ray winston the humor was so forced not even there's even this moment where florence Pugh. You've probably seen it in the trailer. It's been shown a lot in, you know, in a lot of the VTs that they run when they're, these guys are on chat shows and things. Florence Pugh mocks 
mocks uh, Scarlett Johansson for being such a poser when fighting, and oh, you're such a poser, you do this, you do that, blah 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 blah. blah. It feels so forced, though. It's like nudge, nudge, wink, wink, like. Oh, you know, we know the characters. And, you know, when she jumps down and she does the splits and blah, 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 I'm going to mock that. It's just like, it's just such mm. a low common denominator. And I mean, we yeah. are going to talk about Weekend at Bernie's and all the slapstick in that later. So it does get lower. <laughs> However, oh. um, it just, honestly, I just felt like it was just trying too hard. Um, so, Marvel, are you listening? Can I also remind you that Black Widow is not a serum-enhanced super soldier like Captain America or the Winter Soldier. She is mortal. She's flesh and blood. She doesn't have super strength, and she can be killed very easily. So why is it that she's falling off 10-story buildings and hitting everything on the way down, like scaffolding and and surviving, and not even limping off? She's absolutely fine. <laughs> Just jumps up. Um, you don't really see this in other Marvel films. Usually the, the more human characters that are vulnerable... So it was really weird to see this with these not with yeah. non super soldier characters. Um, what I really wanted was a fresh take uh, that that took Natasha in her own direction. What this felt like was an almost afterthought. Like, let's give Black Widow her own movie, but not really push the boundaries of the character. A move which for me left me feeling left out in the Siberian cold. The tagline to this movie reads: "She's done running from her past." But for me, she should have been running into the future with a bolder, braver, and less Marvel cliche checklist of a movie. Marvel needs to badly reinvent its written-by-numbers B-team movies, such as this, Ant-Man, Captain Marvel, and the Falcon and Winter Soldier TV show. And so gladly, or sadly, I should say, in a first for the Movie Mouth podcast, this is a Marvel property which gets a miss from us. Oh, no. Two misses. Black Widow is available in theatres and on Disney Plus Premium now. <laughs> well, okay, that's two out of three. Should we go to the third uh, one? How are you feeling? Yeah, let's do it. Is yeah, everybody I out there okay? Positive. okay. Positive. It's summertime. I hope you're laying somewhere nice listening to us, thinking what a wonderful pair of gentlemen talking about films. Right, okay, let's go to Space Jam, A New Legacy. 25 long years after Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny saved the known universe in the original Space Jam, here we finally have the sequel. Yes, out goes the old psychotic, psychopathic and competitively minded sports star and in comes new NBA legend and divisive player LeBron James. Directed by Malcolm D. Lee, this updated take on the original sees LeBron at odds with his young son's stance on preferring to play video games over basketball, something I also did. Don't worry about it, kids. Play games. <laughs> a lesson which may or may not set the two of them on a collision course on the court. The crux being Al G. Rhythm, played by a very game Don Cheadle, here having a lot of fun as a villain who manipulates LeBron Jr. Into, into creating a basketball tournament for the ages. Meanwhile, LeBron must recruit a team to play for his and all of our lives. So, of course, he chooses a cartoon rabbit, a cat, small bird, a rooster, and an old woman. Uh, this <laughs> has... a <laughs> Why wouldn't you? This is a lot of in-jokes for, for movie fans. It it's actually gravitates away more from the Looney Tunes properties and goes into the kind of rest of the Warner Brothers kind of back catalogue, weirdly. Um, almost creating a kind of Warner Brothers shared universe. Um, there are scenes in this involving The Matrix, Mad Max... <laughs> Casablanca, The Iron Giant, Harry Potter, 
Superman, Batman, and many, many more. Wow. Almost going through these moons. Not a spoiler, but almost as they go into the, the Looney Tunes universe, they also go into these other universes. And these, these parts were a lot of fun for me as an adult watching this film. I, got, I took a lot out of this. Yeah. Um, it feels kind of weird, but it works. And for those movie fans out there, take a look at the crowd during the basketball game. You'll spot dozens of really well-known characters. Um, my favorite one being, I think, um, possibly It from the It movies, who's in the crowd <laughs> during a children's film. Weird. Yes. Um, admittedly for a man who is single, has no children, and is 37 this week. Yikes! <laughs> this movie is not made for me, and I would at no point ever assume it to be. Not easy for me, for someone our age to review a film like this. However, I did really enjoy this. Mm. And this has got a really low rating on Rotten Tomatoes on IMDb. I think, though, it was in part due to watching this with Alfie and George, the two sons of one of my closest friends. Um, sitting down and watching the film in that kind of environment with with kids meant I had no cynicism watching watching it, and I just yeah. enjoyed it for what it was. You know, we were kind of there was a kind of rap scene, and we were all rapping along and in dancing, and it, that's what it should be. That's what this that's film what should it's for, be. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. What I will do though is I'll leave my conclusion to a young film fan who I watched this film with. Yes, it's ten year old George Smith from Chesant in the UK who said, and I'm just going to quote exactly what he told me at the end of the film, um, his favourite part of the film was when one of LeBron's sons got hit in the face with a basketball. His favourite character was Gossamer, the big, hairy, red carpet-looking dude. And George would like to recommend this film to any boys and girls who like basketball or fun films that make you laugh. And so with that in mind, this gets a recommendation from George and from us at the Movie Mouth podcast. Thanks, George. Mm Nice one, George. Good awesome. lad. You've brought up what is otherwise a very depressing episode. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Phil? Yes? It's time for this! Oh, hello there. Hi. Hi. Um, I'm looking for a film. Yeah? Do you want to elaborate? Well, it's summertime outside, and I feel like I need something that's going to, you know, give me a nice weekend away from reality. Mm. Um, yeah. Maybe something starring a lot of people that you've never heard of um, would be great. Preferably something yeah. that involves a dead man playing Monopoly and... Um, being basically abused uh, for right. the majority of the film. Um, have you got anything like that? Do, do you know what? what? You're not going to believe this. Right. Go on. But <laughs> this film. Don't start. No, look, take this. Hmm. This is a film from 1989. <laughs> As you said, it stars a lot of people you haven't heard of. Mm -hmm. But it's exactly what you're asking for. This is... This is called Weekend at Bernie's. Oh, it's Weekend at Bernie's! <laughs> oh. How long have I gone on about this film? Oh, God. Forever. Forever. I think you probably mentioned it the first day I ever met you. I think I probably did. 
I probably said, hi, my name's Phil. And you probably went, have you seen Weekend at Bernie? <laughs> yeah. My name's Miles, by the way. <laughs> I think I probably did. Yes. Yeah. It's the 1989 comedy classic, Weekend at Bernie's, directed by Ted Kocheff, who, of course, directed the first Rambo movie, First Blood. He did. He did. Poor man. Uh, this is a film about two basically uh, company employees that, that work weekends in New York City, uh, Larry and Richard, who are working overtime when they discover a nefarious scandal within the reporting system of the company and decide to take it to Bernie Lomax, their erstwhile boss, the titular Bernie of the weekend at. Um, Bernie, in hearing this information, uh, essentially decides to invite them out to his weekend retreat on in the Hamptons, on Hampton Island, so that they can come out and party and benefit and talk through the numbers and all that kind of thing. But no, we find out that Bernie is actually the one responsible for this squirreling away of money and burying He's debts. A bastard. He's a <laughs> And instead, his plot isn't to party with Larry and Richard. It's to kill them. In a, in a double suicide murder in his house <laughs> during a party. That's right. Um, ultimately, what occurs is Bernie eventually being killed himself due to the fact yeah. that the mob believe that he's gotten, you know, a little bit weak, a little bit soft. Bit risky. A bit risky. And also is sleeping with the mob boss's wife. So yeah. they have him killed. <laughs> So where's the comedy in this film, I hear you ask? Well, well, the comedy lies in the fact that Larry and Richard are psychotic and they decide <laughs> to, when discovering Bernie's dead body in his house, rather than going to the police, they decide to pretend that he's still alive <laughs> and, and manipulate his corpse during the party and across the Hamptons so that they can have more fun for the weekend. And so meet girls yeah. and get drunk, basically. And that's the plot of the movie. <laughs> so why is this the greatest comedy of all time, Phil? It, you know what? I'm not going to say it's the greatest comedy of all time, but I bloody love this film. Did you? Do you was, love it? I, I've seen it. I, lo- I absolutely love this film. Like you know, I've seen it before. And I, I sat down today, I watched it today, and uh, I sat down with Carly, my wife, and <laughs> we sat just crying with laughter at this film, like even though we've both seen it before, just because it's, it is so ridiculous, yeah. this film. Yeah. But there's so many just absolutely comedy gold moments, with you know, mainly just because of the ridiculous situation of a dead guy like appearing on screen like in hilarious ways uh and i loved it i i i just it's just a funny film to watch it's just a a classic for me i say 80s classic it was 89 so yeah you go late 80s but yeah it was made in the 80s oh my god it's just some perfect comedy moments in this what would you say is your favorite comedy moment what made you you and your wife laugh the most I think well, a non well one of the rare non Bernie moments I really liked was the um, when <laughs> Richard, one of the characters, brings uh, a love interest Gwen mm-hmm. back to his apartment, and he's pretending like he's trying to convince her that 
he's not when he clearly is just living with his parents. So he walks in and he's like, oh God, parents <laughs> yeah. are here. And he's like turning the lights <laughs> on, like on and shutting the doors really quietly. She's like, why are you whispering? It's like, no, don't worry about it. It's fine. She's, my neighbors are really sensitive, you know? And then um, I just love the scene in this where they start like, you know, kissing each other in the living room. And what's clearly his dad walks out from the bedroom in just his pants. Funnily enough, played by um, Richard Kochev, the director. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, Ted Kochev, the Ted, director. Yeah. And um, he comes out, uh, walks to the fridge and gets a drink. And she will spots him. She's like, oh, there's a guy over there. There's a guy over there. <laughs> and the, the dad, the, the dad, she, his dad goes, oh, sorry. He, like, he sees them. Like, you know, he sort of sees them. He goes, oh, sorry. I didn't realize you had company sort of thing. Yeah. And Richard good goes. Good night. Yeah, yeah, Richard goes. That. Uh, it's, yeah, because then he says, "Oh, yeah, he's he's my he's my don't worry, just ignore him. It's my butler, right?" But it's <laughs> and really the dad goes, oh, "Yeah, so oh, sorry, I didn't realize you're a company." And then Richard goes, "That's all right, Monroe. Would you please just uh, get go and, and lay out my navy blue suit for the morning?" <laughs> this the dad just looks at him and just gives him this look and just goes, "How about if I lay you out?" <laughs> and Richard just goes, "Very well," <laughs> and it's just fucking brilliant because. Yeah. Like, it's basically what my dad would say to me if he found me in the same situation. It's like yeah. if I suddenly pretended that he was my butler, he'd just look at me and be like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. So good. So I love that scene but as a non-Bernie scene. But then I think the ultimate super funny scenes for me are just the ridiculous situations that Bernie gets, you know, thrown into quite literally. I think yeah. one, of the, one of the main ones is when uh, he gets sort of, you know, he slips him, Larry like slips him off the deck and there's the mafia guy that's come back Falling. to like, like kill him again. Like, cause the, you know, they, everyone's like thinks he's still alive, even though he has been dead. So he comes back, he's like, Oh God, I thought I killed him. And uh, he's like, you know, snooping under the house. And then suddenly Bernie just like falls down like, on top of him, like with, with a cigarette in his mouth that they put in his mouth. And then he just starts, he starts screaming and then strangling him and shaking yeah. him. You know, and, he goes, oh, all he goes, Paulie's, Paulie's so pissed off that he's had to come back to the island to kill Bernie again yeah. because yeah. he's been spotted again. And he's, Bernie drops out with a cigarette and glasses and he goes, he goes, ah, ah, you son of a bitch, you son of a bitch. And he starts strangling him. <laughs> he starts shaking him back and He's already forth. dead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's got this, this cigarette hanging out of his mouth. It's just brilliant. It's just stupid slapstick, isn't it? I think all those scenes with Paulie and Bernie are, are great. Like Paulie, yeah. the mafio, mafioso that's come to kill him, that's just so stressed out and like every time he hears Bernie's still alive because the boys are obviously pretending he's still alive and people are saying, oh, Bernie's just sitting out in a sun lounge waving at people with his hands actually like <laughs> yeah. a pulley system. Yeah, waving. like a rope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, another pina colada, eh, Bernie? Um, <laughs> psychotic. I really like, I will say I really like the um, the moment that they discovered the the voice mail. What was it? What do you, they used to call it? Tape like machine. A, Tape machine, yeah, yeah, uh, record, yeah. And they hear Bernie answering machine, answering machine, yeah. And they they hear Bernie speaking to the uh, the mafia hitman, telling and plotting, plotting to kill them when they come out, and they finally realise that Bernie was going to kill him. And yeah. then they find the fake suicide note that Bernie had written for them, <laughs> and it's like yeah. you know, it's it's basically Larry saying that Richard wasn't in love with him and he's going to leave him, and therefore he's going to kill him. Um, in order to, you know, because he, he was going to go through with a sex change operation or that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, 
and then and he's just like I can't remember I can't remember exactly what the what, what the line is, but it's like, um, like I don't know I don't know if I'm mad that Bernie was going to kill me or no he's like son of a bitch if it was bad enough he was going to kill me now he's trying to turn me into a drag queen <laughs> yeah that was it. he's like why am I going to have the sex change why didn't he think that about yeah. you yeah yeah he's like no one's actually getting a sex change yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, and then and then I think you know with with Bernie, there's some great as you as you say some great slapstick scenes. I love the scene when he washes up on the beach when, when oh, Richard's God. kissing when they like when, kissed on the beach and he yeah, just like really slides into the shot like, with in. with the wave when with it, the tide like, as the coast comes. Yeah, as the water comes in, he just slides into shot, just staring at him with his dead eyes and just, just slides just, away again. He does. Just, just going back to that scene with Paulie when he drops down and and, he, and Paulie starts strangling him. For me, the best part about that is all of the accoutrement that you mentioned, the sunglasses and that. But it's also the organ music that plays. It's like... While he's strangling him. Like an action scene organ. Yeah. Oh, God. Um I also love how like everyone just assumes that Bernie's alive when he's clearly dead. He's just laying yeah. on his couch. It's like no one's concerned for him at his all. His eyes are open. Like, yeah, everyone's drunk. Party with hundreds of people. Everyone's drunk. Everybody's yeah. day drunk. They're all day drunk. And everyone's just coming up to him like, hey, Bernie, can I buy your car? Like uh, 30,000, I'll give you 30,000. And someone knocks his head and his head nods or his head shakes. <laughs> You're oh, a tough Bernie. negotiator, Bernie. <laughs> yeah. You're a tough negotiator, aren't you, Bernie? Shakes his head left and right. Um... <laughs> Also love the scene uh, when he um, uh, when uh, the, the the mafia boss's wife goes out to uh, goes out to see him. Bernie, 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 where <laughs> Bernie. are you, Bernie? And goes up goes upstairs and somehow has sex with Bernie. I found while, this while scene very <laughs> very um, odd. And he says, he, she comes down. He's, she's like, boop de doo, boop de like, like she's actually so happy. Yeah, lights a cigarette and has a uh, yeah. whiskey. And uh, and Larry, I think Larry's got all the lines in this, but Larry's like, son of, he's like, son of a bitch. How does, how do you, no, he's like, how does that guy get laid more than I do dead than I do alive? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's like, how did that happen? Also, the water skiing scene, they take, oh, they decide God. to take Bernie's boat out to get back to the to the mainland with Bernie with them. I don't know why they took Bernie. Why did they take Bernie with them? On I don't the boat? know. They just could have got out of there. I'm not really sure about that. There's, this is following... Uh, oh, no, because it was at the point where they thought that if they were with Bernie, they wouldn't get... They wouldn't get killed. Killed. Like a human like, shield. It was like, yeah, it was like before the <laughs> they found out about the plot sort of thing. Yeah, it was like yeah. a human <laughs> shield, yeah. But they, they go out on the boat and Bernie's tied to the back of the boat rather yeah. than just, you know, so he looks like he's sitting up. And yeah. obviously the boat hits some waves, the speedboat hits some waves, and he goes flying over the back, and he's basically water skiing, isn't he, on the back? <laughs> he's, he's just like, a ragdoll. He's like, a ragdoll. He's face down true. in the water, getting like a pulled by a rope around his waist yeah. by a speedboat, clearly not alive, clearly in a lot of trouble. And it just cuts to all the other boats. And inexplicably, everybody on the Hampton Island seems to know Bernie and seems oh, to yeah. be able to spot him from any distance, yeah. no matter what he's doing. And yeah. as he's being just dragged through the water, face down, you just hear people calling out, hey, Bernie, or calling <laughs> off, hey, Bernie, or like, I'll see you at the party later, Bernie. Yeah. Um, isn't it? Like the, the whole <laughs> He's just ragdolling like, violently like, in the water. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
And then they, they kind of, Larry and Richard pull him into the back of the boat when they realize. And as you pull him up, Larry freaks out. He's like, ah! and like Richard's like, whoa, what's up? What's up? He's like, son of a bitch, he lost my sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. I also he wears sunglasses it, his whole film, doesn't he? The whole film, yeah. But mm. what I do love is uh, when they're trying to stop the boat, just another little bit from that, when they're trying to stop the boat, he's like, boats don't have brakes. He's like, how do you stop it? He's like, throw the anchor. And he picks up the anchor and just lobs it. And he just lobs it into another person's boat yeah. through, their, yeah. through their table. What you're doing is illegal, young man. What <laughs> yeah, you're doing? Through that, that yeah. guy's yeah. table. Yeah, yeah. It's just little yeah. bits like that I like. No, I, I, I've always loved this movie. Have you seen the sequel? No, but I've seen the trailer. I, I, out of interest again, I think because I, I've heard really, really bad things about the sequel, mm-hmm. like because it actually features Bernie again, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And he yep. gets... They, Terry he Kaiser abro- himself. They put him in like a suitcase and take him <laughs> abroad. <laughs> and then he gets like... If you didn't already think they were psychopaths, wait until... <laughs> They put him in a suitcase and take him to the Bahamas or wherever it is. <laughs> Keep him in a fridge. And then yeah, he gets do. voodoo done on him and sort of slightly comes back alive. It's mm. very odd looking trailer. I sort of want to see it now, but I, I also don't at the same time. I think one of the people, comments again that I saw on that trailer was a film so bad that it's that it's good. We get so, a bunnies too. Yeah. Have you seen no, it? Have you watched it's terrible. it? It's terrible. It's terrible. Oh, right. okay. It came out in 1993. It came out four years after this. Yeah. Um, it's just, it, there's just not nothing funny about it. it. Also, it features a scene where, and maybe we could do this on a video store, I don't know, but <laughs> it features a scene where Bernie uh, gets um, some voodoo magic done to him yeah. and is able to walk and dance around the resort <laughs> that he's staying in. Of course. Um, and he's like all kind of wobbly and like loose and like and his eyes are open you know Bernie's like eyes dead his eyes his weird eyes he's got like a weird but do you know what's you know what's great though right because I thought this at the time I was like one he does um, Terry Kaiser as Bernie I think mm. does a fantastic job of like staying dead staying dead like do you know Amazing. what I mean as a he does a great job at sort yep. of just flopping about keeping his eyes open sort yep. of not flinching it's there's only like one scene where I saw him blink Really? Uh, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't notice that. I, there's, a, there's a little blink when they take him, they're trying to get him onto the ferry. And yeah. as they turn him around, he like blinks. But like oh. other than that, he's great in it as that. I mean, can you imagine like his agent trying to sell him this film? They're like, yeah, so Terry, we want you to be, want you to be in this film. And you're going to play this like ruthless businessman, uh, you know, and you hire some mafia guys. But for most of the film, like after the first like 20 minutes, you're going to be dead, <laughs> but you're going to be in the entire film as the main character. <laughs> like, what? The, I mean, you're the title character of the film. You are. But you're dead for Bernie. most of it. Yeah. Are you going to play? You know, you can imagine his agent calling him and be like, yeah, Terry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's your agent. Oh, yeah. Hey, how are you? Yeah, good, good. Got some great news. What? <laughs> Weekend at Bernie's. Never heard of it. You're Bernie. <laughs> Can you play dead? (laughs) If we stapled a wig to your head, would you flinch? (laughs) No. If we we got a vacuum cleaner and sucked sand off of your mustache, would you move? No, I could do that. I could definitely do that. You got the gig. You got the gig. What if we tied your feet to the feet of two young actors and then made them run (laughs) uh, along a boardwalk for 100 metres? Could you do that? Yes, I could. 
<laughs> I mean, he does a great job, though. And the, the best he's thing is... He's a complete bastard. Know. At the beginning of the film, he's a complete bastard, and you hate him for what he's going to yeah. do to the boys. And he's just arrogant, whatever. Yeah. Dead. He's a great... Lo- I love him. He's I love rogue. him. You know, he's a lovable rogue. Yeah. Like, <laughs> somehow... He imbues the character with that lovable roguishness when he's dead. Yeah. He's not even saying anything. He's just because smirking. Because he's got like a weird smirk. Yeah, he's got mm. like one eyebrow up and a smirk all the time and his eyes open behind his sunglasses. It's really yeah. weird. But, but like, but it sometimes changes. His expression also sometimes changes depending on the mood. Yeah, it does. Like it does. after he's had sex, he's like... Also, <laughs> smirking. I think this has got one of the best end scenes to end Oh my God, ever. I was just about to say that. We were crying. We were crying when the, when that happened again today, and like because I sort of forgot about it. Uh, Carly lost it. Like honestly, she was crying for about five minutes after. So that. he. So basically, the paramedics finally turn up. Someone finally realizes that Bernie's dead, and after being uh, poisoned, um, strangled, shot. and shot and drowned, because let's face yeah. it, he's also yeah. Um, he he's on a gurney. We see him like on a stretcher on a gurney, being wheeled into a thing. And Paulie, who's there, who's killed him now three times, is convinced he's still alive. And as Paulie walks out of the house, he sees, he sees Bernie on the stretcher. And for for no apparent reason, the paramedics have left him with his arm up over behind his head. <laughs> behind his so it head, it's like he's relaxing on the stretcher, smirking at him. Yeah, smirking at him. He's like, he's alive. That son of a bitch, he's still alive. He's alive. Look at him. Look at him. <laughs> he's in a straight jacket at that point. He's in a straight jacket. They've said, they've said, right, we've had a murder at Bernie's house. Can you just bring someone with a straight jacket? Please? They've already Don't, committed him to an asylum. Yeah, he's already been committed. Don't bother with the handcuffs. Bring the straight jacket now. <laughs> he's going straight into the Hampton Island insane asylum. So yeah. Bernie's on the gurney. Bernie on the gurney. Bernie on the gurney. Um, the ambulance driver is sitting there. He reverses up to the, the boardwalk where, where Bernie's body is waiting and no one's waiting with it. And these mm. two women come up and go, oh, hey, what happened? Uh, it's, oh, Bernie Lomax got killed. Like, oh, no way. And as they're having this conversation, um, the ambulance nudges the boardwalk and Bernie's basically gurney starts rolling down this slope. Meanwhile, Larry, Richard and Gwen are sitting on the beach congratulating each other like, oh, it was brilliant, you know, well done for this. You know, obviously one of them yeah. foiled the, the murder and blah, 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 blah. And, and then we just see out of shot, Bernie's gurney hit the end of the beach and his body do a kind of roll slash belly flop. It's like a forward roll. A forward roll. <laughs> and it, he just lands right behind them, in between them, but they can't see him. And he's just looking straight down the camera. Yeah, he's like, like slumped, but yeah, like slumped staring at the camera sideways. With yeah, yeah, and <laughs> like sideways. <laughs> and then out of the shot, the guys are still talking, and they don't, they haven't still haven't noticed that he's right sitting right behind them. <laughs> and you hear, you see this woman, like blonde woman, like young blonde woman, as usual, waving. Like, hey, Bernie, see you at the party tonight. <laughs> and they just all three of them just turn around, and they're like, "What?" And they turn around, and Bernie's just sitting there looking at them. Like that, and they Sing freak out and run off. Yeah, and then the credits roll, and it's some like it hot, <laughs> some like it cold. Oh, what an end! I absolutely an loved end. it. I was laughing. I was laughing so much. Um, <laughs> Me too. It's impossible uh, not to see that end scene without laughing. Oh god, yeah, impossible. Yeah, easily. Um, I'm going to give you there's only a few bits of trivia for this. But Ooh, I'm going to okay. give you some some weekend at Bernie's trivia. Okay. So t- t- Terry Kaiser's. Uh, 
stunt double suffered a few broken ribs during filming, most in the scene in which Bernie is dragged around the surface of the ocean, bumping into metal floating obstacles. Wait. So, no, I don't know. Because I thought that. There's no way in hell that that was always a real guy because some of that was super violent when he's getting thrown around the back. But I think some of it probably was like a real person, like for close-up stuff. But Mm. when he's just like flopping about in the back and his legs are going in all directions, there's no way that's a real person. No, no, no. Oh, my God. This stunt double must have done some serious thing. I mean, even Richard has a scene where he gets blinded by so much slapstick. He gets blinded by a lighthouse and falls down a trap door and rolls down the stairs. <laughs> yeah. And you see, like, a stunt double, clearly. like Oh, yeah, know, yeah. Placing, yeah. placing uh, Andrew, Andrew, not Andrew McCarthy. Um, What's his name? Jonathan Silverman. Jonathan Silverman, yeah. Um, so, as I said earlier, Ted uh, Kotcheff, the director, made a cameo as Richard's father, which was funny. Mm. Um Monroe. This was apparently this film was considered as a vehicle for Corey Haim and Corey Feldman early in production before it was decided to make the leads older. Which oh really? Was, yeah, I guess. I think, yeah, yeah. They needed to be older. They needed to be yeah. the age they were playing. Yeah, I, I liked. Uh, was it License to Drive? That's a good movie with them too. Oh, I've not seen that. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Bernie's house was actually a set built in the south end of Fort Fisher Natural Recreation Area. It was demolished at the end of the movie. No, they built that house. They built it, yeah. It was amazing. Then, yeah, it was cool, wasn't it? It was, it was like the most 80s slash 90s house you'll ever I see would, in your life. I'd love to live somewhere like that, in that house. Yeah. That's kind of my dream, I think, living in Bernie's yeah. house. Or but, Gordon Gecko's beach house in the Hamptons. One of the well, other. yeah, that's quite nice too, yeah. Or doesn't um, Rocky Balboa have a beach house as well out there? Oh, does he? Happy birthday, Polly. <laughs> Uh, apparently this was inspired by a very low budget 1983 Hindi movie called Jan B. Duyaru uh, at Bernie's at Bur- Jan B. <laughs> yeah. Duyaru at Bernie's at Bernie's yeah <laughs> so apparently it was inspired by that so they, they obviously oh. just ripped that off um, uh, and despite the film's title implying <laughs> this is like nerd alert despite the film's title Implying an entire weekend at Bernie's, the movie depicts the characters arriving on the island, Friday, home of Bernie's beach house, at 6.30pm on Friday, and the movie ends around late afternoon, early evening on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he says at the end, of the, he says, I hear the Saturday parties, I'm going to stick around because I hear the Saturday parties are even better than the Fridays. Yeah, so you don't even see Sunday. It's at weekend Friday at and Saturday at Bernie's. Yeah, Friday afternoon, Friday afternoon slash evening. Yeah, Friday afternoon slash evening to Saturday afternoon at Bernie's. Mm. And that would be interesting for the sequel because it's weekend at Bernie's too, but it's not actually at Bernie's, is it? No. It's in a different country. Mm. <laughs> weekend at Bernie's corpse side. Oh, God. I don't want to see it. Or do I? I don't know. Yeah, Maybe. you do. I want to see but it again. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed watching that today. Me too. Me too. Yeah. This is what happens, man. Like, we go from Super Mario Brothers... <laughs> to Weekend at Bernie's and it just all comes back. It's perfect summer movie this is, I think. It's better, oh, I yeah. think, than, than Summer Rental. Like all those kind of, you know, you know, the vacation, European vacation, all those kind of summery movies. For me, yeah. I think Summer, I think Bernie getting dragged behind a speedboat 
and every and hitting all of the boys in the bay and everyone screaming at him, I'll see you at the party later. <laughs> yeah. I also love the fact, just another side, that all the golf buggies on the island that everyone goes around on were normal ones, apart from Bernie's, which was a red Porsche golf buggy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't he? That you, Lomax, you little bastard. <laughs> what a movie. So, Weekend at Bernie's, massive recommendation as a video oh, store. Yeah. Yes. Too, man. Go watch Weekend at Bernie's, guys. Don't critique it. Just watch it. It's a lot of fun. It's really silly. Just enjoy it's very it. 80s. Just enjoy it. And bump some iron, dude. Um, <laughs> all right. So, that was it. How do you feel about that, Phil? I feel great. I'm Thanks. so excited. Join us on the next episode of the Movie Mouth Film and TV podcast, where we will be watching more content. I'm hopefully going to watch The Green Knight, which is something I've been really looking forward to. Mm. New Dev Patel movie, and I'm sure there'll be some other things that we'll be watching. Um, but until then, please do give us a five-star review on your podcast player of choice. Please hit subscribe if you're a first-time listener. Uh, and do subscribe as well to our social media channels, at Movie Mouth Podcast on Instagram uh, and on Facebook. And until we see you next time, take care of yourselves and each other. Phil, there's just one last thing to say, isn't there? Yes. Go on then. Oh, <laughs> Why? I'm always asking you to say it and you never say it. Just say it. No, I like, I like it when you say it. <laughs> <laughs> you say it. Should I? Yeah. No, I'll say it. Bye. Oh, bye. No, I wanted to do it. <laughs>